You're listening to the weekly message at Mosaic Church. For more information or to talk about your own life in Christ, email info at mosaicchurchevans.org. If you'd like to support our ministry, visit our website at mosaicchurchevans.org. Thanks for listening. And now, this week's message. So here's what I want to give you a heads up on. There's going to be a test at the end of this message today, for real. Um, For some of y'all, that's um, like triggering you, but it's okay. I think this is going to be a fun test. And uh, we have contestants who are ready to be part of this, but I want you all to listen. So as we often say, you're going to need your Bible, something to write with, something to write on. And today especially, you're going to want to write down a few details so that you can help out our contestants when they come forward to, um, to take a test on your behalf. So here's the question I want you to take home today. This is a, this is a question of impact. What's your spark and how will you spread the fire? That is sort of the question that the disciples were left with after the ascension of Jesus. But to get to the ascension of Jesus, we have to back up a little bit. And you know how they say this um, at the end of those infomercials where they've, after they've told you all of the amazing death-defying things that your $29.99 vacuum cleaner is going to do for you, after they show you, tell you all that stuff, then they say What? But wait, there's more. Exactly. And then they tell you they'll toss in a whole other vacuum cleaner. I do not understand the um, economics of that. And, and, and plus five lint rollers. What? No, no, no. What, it, it, you'll get all that stuff if you order now. Exactly. If you order now. Well, that's sort of the book of Acts. After the Old Testament revelation of the, of the character of our Heavenly Father, the God who fights for us, our healer and provider, the God who is with us, that's like, that's like the first act. And then the second one, the, 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 um, the, after the revelation of God our Father, then we hear the, God, the revelation through Jesus of the Father's heart, how he loves us and has, has come to bind up the brokenhearted and to set the oppressed free. This Messiah whose intention is to build his kingdom among us and in us. After those first two movements in the story of God that that introduce us to father and son, then there is this, but wait, there's more kind of feel to the story. And it begins in Luke, at the end of Luke, when Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, tells his disciples they will be filled with supernatural power, but that they have to stay where they are until they get it. Now I want you to I want to emphasize that Jesus did not want his followers going out until they were empowered by the what? By the Holy Spirit. That's worth remembering. We we learn from them that to participate effectively in the, the advance of God's kingdom, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's where Luke ends. And then I want you to go from the end of Luke to the first chapter of Acts, which takes up where Luke leaves off. And there they are, the people who followed Jesus, standing around, talking to the resurrected Jesus. And somebody says, Lord, is this when you're going to return the kingdom to, the, uh, to, to Israel? And Jesus says, you're asking the wrong question. This isn't about God's time or the politics of 
of present-day Israel, present-day for that time. That's not the point. The Holy Spirit is the point. What you'll get, he says, is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And those were his last words, according to the book of Acts. And then as they watched, he was taken up and he disappeared into a cloud. That had to be stunning to see. It was almost like a spiritual transaction. Jesus ascended, guaranteeing that our bodies would have a place in a new creation, and the Holy Spirit descended, guaranteeing our spiritual and productive participation in the welcome and advance of the kingdom of heaven on earth. Now that Jesus is in heaven, and now that the Holy Spirit lives in us, we are how God intends to spread the fire of the Holy Spirit and the joy of the good news. And that's why, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, that's why the unshakable kingdom of God demands my personal response. It's because we are God's plan A. I want you to turn to somebody right now and say, you are God's plan A. Go ahead and tell them, you are God's plan A. We are how God intends to bring the kingdom to earth one soul at a time. And that is exactly the story that Pentecost told. Somebody should write down the word Pentecost. You're going to need that later, and that's a hint. After Jesus was resurrected, then Pentecost. Brittany, if you are over there telling her answers, I will call you out in class, young lady. <laughs> so look with me at the story of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. We all know the story well. I can't believe I just called Brittany out. <laughs> this will not happen to all the rest of you, but school teachers in the room, I just need you to, I feel you, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. <laughs> Try as we may. I know. So I want to read this scene from the message version. This is Luke, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter 2, the first four verses. And I want to read it from the message version because the, this passage in this particular version, this is our inspiration for the theme of this year's Global Impact Celebration. And I want to give a shout out to Kelly Lewis Cox for finding this scripture. It, it just, it's the one. It was, it was it. We knew it when we saw it. So let's read this together. Ready? Go. When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong wind, gale force. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks. And they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. Can you even imagine what that was like? I mean, it's one thing to see him ascend into heaven, but you sort of expected that of Jesus after a while. This was something completely different. He's not in the room, and all this happened. If it, if it happened in this room this morning without us knowing it was going to happen, we would assume it was a natural disaster or some kind of national uh, crisis. Wind rushing through the room suddenly, fire settling on heads, passion for this gospel running through veins. That's why they knew it was a good thing. They, it, was, it poured out in language they didn't even know they could speak. 
It must have been breathtaking. This was the Pentecost they'd been rehearsing since Leviticus. The Feast of Pentecost. What are we talking about? The Feast of? Which sits right in the middle of of the story of God's people. It was a harvest feast that teaches me it has always been God's intention to harvest souls. Has always been his plan to have his people participate in that harvest by telling the story and participating in the supernatural work of the Spirit. Which reveals the character and the values of God. His healing power. His fighting the darkness power. His love for people. And Peter, standing there in the middle of this wind and fire display, overwhelmed by the sheer goodness of it, finds in himself a confidence he had not known before. When the outpouring of the Holy Spirit sent those first followers of Jesus streaming out into the streets to tell this good news, our Messiah has come There is hope for this world. You do not die in your sins. Come on, y'all. You don't even ever have to die. When they go streaming out into the streets to tell that good news, Peter immediately recognized it as a fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. In the last days, God says, this is in in Acts chapter 2, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Peter saw it like he had this vision. He could see it, this prophecy from the Old Testament. Here it is. In this third movement of God's story, everyone will be empowered to channel the story and the spirit, sons and daughters, men and women, old and young, even servants. They will all prophesy, says the Lord, and display signs and wonders. So Pentecost is like an activator. It's a call to spread the fire, to go out into the streets with the story of God on our lips, to share with a lost and hurting world that Jesus is Lord and the kingdom of God is near. And it demands our personal response because the harvest matters to God and we are God's plan A. So our global impact celebration is a celebration of the harvest. So you're probably wondering, okay, so what exactly is a global impact celebration? I want to ask, if you were were here when we were doing the global impact celebration before, raise your hand. So, you know, maybe two-thirds of the room. Um, So for those of you who weren't here, um, today's your primer. This is your primer. I want to share a little more about the history of what we call a GIC, Global Impact Celebration. We were first introduced to this way of resourcing missions by our partners at TMS Global. Uh, TMS Global is a missions organization. They have about 200 missionaries um, stationed all over the world. And their heart is to see the local church connect with missions around the world. And so they taught us to think strategically about missions by helping us to draft first just a set of core values for our own mission work. 
And we rooted those values in Acts 1.8. This is Acts 1.8. Let's read this together. Go. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That means that mission starts at home in our Jerusalem or where we live, but it ripples out to the world around us. Think of the region around us, like the state or whatever, as our Judea. And we can't avoid our Samaria, who in the Bible were the ones least like us. Eventually, if we allow the heart of God to lead us, that, will, our, that passion will ripple out and all the way to the ends of the earth. We will end up hungry to see the fire of the gospel reach all the way to the ends of the earth. By thinking about missions this way, We've learned to take a more balanced view of our Matthew 28, 19 mandate by Jesus himself to go and make disciples of every nation. And when we first started doing this, we found some mission projects we liked, some things we were already or some of us were already connected with, and, and then there were things other people were already doing. And then we started a few others, and we began to form Meaningful relationships with some local, some regional, and some international missionaries, and we partnered with them. Some of those partners have changed over the years, but mostly we've tried to stick to the same partners the way you like to stick with the same friends, because your friends know your history, right? <laughs> so we want to do more than just send money to people we barely know. We actually want to go and pray and support and love and have a reciprocal relationship. So at Mosaic, we don't have a bunch of disconnected activities. Instead, we have partners that fit our core values, which is a little different than traditional church missions. We don't put these partnerships in our budget. Instead, we let you decide how much you will give to missions beyond your tithes and also how much you'll pray and how much you'll serve. That's what happens at a global impact celebration. We give space for the Holy Spirit to speak to you and about the harvest. And then we let you respond as the Lord draws out of you your own unique gifts and call. And so we will keep asking this question so you can keep responding as God leads. And the question is, what's your spark? And how will you spread the fire? So if you're new to Mosaic, you might be asking, why haven't I heard this before? Why am I just now hearing about this now? Good question. Let me give a little more history. We hosted our first GIC in 2012, and it changed us. Before that GIC, we were giving something like six dollars or $7,000 to missions, and it was in a line item in our budget. But in those first GIC years, we had five GICs in a row. We gave almost $200,000 to local, regional, and global missions. And the ripple effect has been huge. Listen to this. The GIC helped fund the startup of our third Saturday ministry, which lasted eight years and eventually gave birth to the Mosaic Center, which is now home to multiple local ministries like GED and The Pantry and Life on the Spectrum and our partnerships with Center for New Beginnings and Easter Seals. And the start of the Mosaic Center 
um, also allowed us to be much more involved in Maxwell House than ever before. We would not have the presence at Maxwell House that we have now if we did not start the Mosaic Center as a connection point for the Maxwell House managers. That's a lot of impact, y'all. So we had our first GIC in 2012. And then in 2016, after our, that GIC, there were five of them all together, we made a strategic choice to suspend our GIC efforts so we could focus on building out the rest of our building, everything from that wall backward. That was all just happened just before the pandemic started. And that sounds like we walked away from missions because of a building, but actually it's the opposite. We made that choice intentionally in order to do more missions. Anybody who was part of the build-out will tell you that the most important room in the whole blueprint was the Mosaic Center. Do you guys remember this? Like, we had, we, the Mosaic Center was a big deal for us. It represented our vision for being truly a missional community. And it was because of our expanded space that we were able to open our doors for the Center for New Beginnings, who were that, which is here with us now five days a week. Our new space also meant we could host life on the spectrum, and our GED program expanded. And as effective as the GIC has been at seeding local mission efforts, it's been every bit as successful at introducing us to some of the most beautiful people and projects in the world, like TMS Global, which sends missionaries all over the world, and will now train up one of our own for future service on the field, and she will be our kickoff speaker at our GIC this year. And like Venezuela now, which we've worked with to send food and medicines to Venezuelans in, di in dire need. And like UGA Wesley, which has not only do, do, do they come here and, and we support them, but we've actually sent our students to them. Even some people who weren't students went and became interns at UGA Wesley because of their conne our connection with them through the GIC. We've learned to love the people of Haiti and to care for souls in India and to encourage work in, in Ecuador. We've, we've gotten to share life with folks on the streets of Atlanta and use those very experiences to learn more about how to love people in our own town. Amen. Friends, I am convinced that our global impact celebration has done more than any other initiative to increase our effectiveness as a ministry. And it's become a great way for us to stay anchored in and focused on Jesus' invitation to go into all the world and preach this gospel, this gospel to every nation, to really celebrate the harvest. Okay, Carolyn, I get it, but I still don't understand what a GIC is. Okay. Think of it like a weekend missions conference where you get to sleep in your own bed. <laughs> How awesome is that? It's a Friday night, Saturday from 9 to 2, and a Sunday morning missions event with worship services and meals, workshops, panel discussions, video stories, mission displays, and lots and lots of interaction and conversation with our mission partners. And if you come to all of it, and I'm telling you, you should come to all of it, then you'll leave knowing a lot more about our mission partners, but more than that, 
you will leave knowing, especially if you've not done this before, you will finally get what Mosaic actually is. The missionaries who join us for these three days come to encourage us, even as we encourage them. And the big finish of this three-day celebration is an invitation for all of us, all of us, to make a deeper commitment to becoming a mission-minded community. We make this commitment. I want you to remember this in our choices to pray, go, and give as the Lord calls. That's the mission of a GIC. It is to help us pray, go, and give as the Lord calls. But there's no hard sell here. I want you to hear that. This is a free will invitation into Pentecost living. We will only be as effective, only as fruitful as you choose to step in. So it's an invitation to consider how you will celebrate the harvest. What's my spark? What's the one thing I want to do to help spread the fire of the gospel? That question, what's my spark, will sound familiar if you were around before the pandemic. Do you remember we were asking a question just before the pandemic hit us all square between the eyes? What, 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 were, we, what were we asking? What's your one thing? Yeah, this is that question in a different form. We finally have the chance to live into our answer to that question. Thanks be to God. So this week, you're going to get something in the mail that kind of explains everything I've just explained. But I wanted you to hear it from me. And when you get it, I want you to pay attention. It'll have the whole schedule for the GIC weekend. It'll have... you'll. you'll do, use the little QR codes so you can get the, the schedule of activities for children, youth, and adults. And, and um, all of that has been planned by teams. So far, about 50 people have worked to plan our global impact celebration. In fact, I want to ask if you are on a team or you have been tapped to help with a meal or a mailing or in any way have participated with the coordination for the, uh, for the global impact celebration this year's, would you stand Okay, I want you to look around before they sit down. These are just half the people. The other half were at the first service, maybe a third. This is a third. The other third was at the first service, and the other third are someplace else. I don't know where they are. Um, they're tired. Yeah. That's it. Well, the rest of you who did not stand, give them a hand for being the ones who are doing this. At the end of the GIC, I want, to be a, I want every single person in this room to be able to say that you participated in some way to make it a success. I want you to be there for all of it because all of it is like wood for a fire, which is actually my favorite part. Our, our theme for the weekend is wildfire. Get lit, stay stoked. I love that. Our lead team came up with that, and I think it is so mosaic. Yes, we get the double meaning. Okay? We get it. Because we are mosaic. Half the people on the lead team used to be addicts. We used to get lit in the other way that that means. But how fun to redeem what was once our dark side and make it our Pentecostal call. And that's what a global impact celebration does. It takes what we have to offer and it gives it to Jesus to do with as he will so that others can know the joy of salvation as we do. So now, can you say, those of you who are hearing about this for the first time, that you know something about our GIC? If you think you know something about this year's GIC, would you raise your hand right now? 
Well, that's most of you. All right, this is good. All right, because now we're going to take a test. Only, it's not exactly a test. It's our GIC Jeopardy. Okay? I need two volunteers who were not exactly volunteers, one of which has obviously already been primed by Brittany, but we're not going to hold that against her. Come on up. Our two volunteers, come on up. Give them a hand. This is... Aubie and Elliot, it is a brother-sister rivalry, all right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, okay? Stakes are high. I bet, uh, let's just say, let's just go ahead and say, whoever wins gets to pick where you go to lunch afterwards, all right? (laughs) What's that? And who's paying. Oh, wow, okay. Up in that game, all right. So, all right. Um, so here's the thing. So we have four categories. This is a slightly modified uh, uh, Jeopardy game so that you could see it on the screen. Who am I? Guess that mission partner. What even is GIC? And biblical fire. Okay? And um, I did it wrong at the first one. I didn't actually let them use their buzzers. So here's what, here's what you get. Go ahead. Use your buzzer so you can hear it. Okay. There you go. So let me hear this one again. Let me hear this one again. Okay, that's Aubie, and that's Elliot. Okay, so you guys will know who's, who we're talking about. So the, so the first one I hear, you get to, uh, you're going to answer in the form of a question. Do you know Jeopardy? You know Jeopardy? Pretty good? Okay, you're going to answer in the form of a question, and there is the opportunity for audience help. Okay? So, but not if you were at the first service. Do you understand all first service people? You do not get to help if you were a first service person. Brittany, are we, on, are we clear on that? Brittany. <laughs> Okay, great. Thank you. We got you, Elliot. Just press the button. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we're going to start with Aubie. <laughs> Aubie, which category? What even is GIC? What even is GIC? And what, which, which one of those? Uh, 100? Yeah. What even is GIC for 100? What GIC stands for? You got to ask that as a question. What is the Global Impact Celebration? Friends, let's give it up. That's it. That's it. I'm going to need a lot more enthusiasm from the audience, okay? All right. Elliot. Guess that mission partner for 100. This ministry serves at the crossroads of poverty and disability, where Jesus builds lives and breaks cycles. Elliot. (laughs) You got to give it a shot first. Give it a shot. What is the Mosaic Center? Yes, by himself, by himself. All right, Aubie. (laughs) She's just a, Brittany is going to suspend all the rules now. And (laughs) all right, Aubie, pick one. Biblical fire for 100. This was being celebrated when the Holy Spirit Spread like wildfire. Aubie. What is Passover? 
I'm going to let her get I'm going to let her get help from the audience because we said it 15 times. Answer What is the feast of Pentecost? Audience, thank you for hearing. Okay. Pick one. Who am I for 100? When you encounter this woman who leads, you know she's been supernaturally appointed. Abby. Who is Carolyn? Yes. That makes up for your Pentecost stumble. I'm grateful. If you want help with a GIC, this is who you contact. Me. Talk to me, and I will put you with the right person, because there's all kinds of people helping. Like Chris Barlow has, uh, is working with the meals, and Cindy Wilkinson is working with uh, worship, and Chris Goss has the Saturday workshop, and Jenny Grace is doing a kids' minute mission workshop. So you get in touch with me, and I'll get you in touch with the right person. Okay, Elliot, pick one. How much time do we have? What even is GIC for 200? This is the theme of Mosaics. Oh, I heard you first. 2023, GIC. What is wildfire? Can you do the rest of it? Yeah, let's say so. Yeah, let's say so. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. Give him a hand. He got wildfire. Do not tell the first service this, but these guys are killing it. <laughs> killing it. They're killing it. All right. We got, we've got room for it. You, you guys okay? Are you okay? We got room for two more. All right. Pick one. Who am I? 200. This leader cannot set the bar low when it comes to serving others. Okay. I'll be. Who is Chris Barlow? Look at that. Way to go. Way to go. If you want to help serve, contact Chris Barlow. In fact, there's, uh, Friday night is going to be soup and stuff. Sa uh, Sunday is going to be a potluck, so everybody in the room has a chance. All right. Elliot, you get the last one. <laughs> Somebody's dying over here. <laughs> Biblical fire. All right. This is the game, set, match right here. 300. This was 300? Is this the 300 one? Yeah. This God is defeated by the Lord through Elijah when he burned up the altar. Yes. Yes. Elliot is going to the lunch of his choice today. Thank, give these guys a hand. Let's shake hands. There you go. Good job. Good job. Well done. <laughs> that's just fun, isn't it? That's just fun. And that's what the GIC is going to be. This is not a heavy-handed make you feel bad for everything you haven't done, don't do, don't know how to do. All right, we just, let's get together and have fun. Amen. 
Let's just get together and enjoy, no, celebrate the harvest. I'm thinking about that fire that settled on the heads of that first uh, post-resurrection Pentecost, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks. It sounds like, just reading that, like it, like it just happened in a random moment that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Spirit showed up. But we know that's not exactly how it worked because the people in that room had been following Jesus for years, had been steeped in prayer, had been holed up in a room praying like crazy for whatever it was Jesus told them to wait for. They were like wood that needed to dry out before it could catch fire. And what happens when wood, uh, what happens with wood happens with people. I notice that people tend to want spiritual fire to happen in a moment. We, We pray for revival like it can sneak up and catch us without noticing. Or we pray for personal renewal like God is going to zap us with it instantaneously. Or we pray for the harvest like it can happen without anybody leaving the comfort of their own home. But that thing that happens with wood, the curing of it, that's probably more like how big revivals and personal renewals and harvests actually happen, not overnight, but over time. There's a season of heating up. There's a spiritual preparation. The stuff that dampens our spirits have to burn off before there is enough heat to catch. My sense is that there's still a little burning off that needs to happen before we get to GIC weekend. Some spirits have been dampened by a long, hard season. Maybe you just, the question mark of it leaves you a little bit hesitant I want to earnestly invite you to prepare for the weekend of October 20th to 22nd. Get spiritually ready for it. Do that thing Jesus asked his followers to do. Stay here until the Holy Spirit fills you with power from heaven. Wait for him to prepare the wood before we start the fire. What does that waiting look like? First, clear your calendar for the weekend. If you've got your phone and if that's where you keep your calendar, I'm going to encourage you to pull your phone out right now. Make sure it's on there, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Don't leave the option open until you see what else might show up. There's no UGA football game that weekend, just in case you need to know that. (laughs) Give this weekend to the Lord of the harvest. That's what we're asking of you. To give one weekend to the Lord of the harvest. Second, pray every day for our GIC. You can start today, but make sure you come on Wednesday at 6.30 for the prayer is the planned night. This is harvest praying that we do on these nights. This is how we stoke the fire. So come and pray for the harvest. Three, seek the infilling of the Holy Spirit so you're ready for the harvest. Peter told that crowd on that first Pentecost day to repent and receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that when we're filled with the Spirit, we'll be his witnesses. There is a direct connection between being filled and having a heart for the harvest. So if you don't have a heart for the harvest, pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray for God to fill you with his spirit and with that desire.
And then fourth, volunteer to help. If you're not already on a team, talk to Chris Barlow about, getting with, about helping with meals or to Jenny Grace about helping with the kids' workshop or talk to Sarah about helping to host our mission partners. There are plenty of ways to help, and it's a lot more fun when we're all in it together. So what is your spark? How will you spread the fire? I want to ask you to stand. And I want to come back to that question or that, that thought that, you know, there's still some damp wood on the pile. And it's okay. It's okay to acknowledge that. Man, nobody's had damp wood seasons more than Carolyn Moore. I get a damp wood season. I get it. But I know that's not where I've been my most joyful nor is it where I've been my most fruitful. And I know it's on me to seek the Lord so that the Lord can heat the wood and light the fire. And so I just want to give you this opportunity right now as we begin this walk toward October 20th to 22nd to ask yourself, am I, am I in need of a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit? Am I in need of, of God to light the match, remind me of what my spark is, help me get ready? Do I need Jesus to give me a, some kind of enthusiasm for the harvest? Because frankly, right now, I just, it's all I can do to get my own stuff together. If that's where you are, it's okay. Now's your time. These, these days, these next 20 days, these are your opportunity to get lit so you can stay stoked. So pray with me, and then I invite you to come. And maybe some of you want to come now. You're invited to come to the altar, to come, get on your knees, and ask the Lord of the harvest to fill you. Lord, I... I, I get it that when I am empty, it's hard to have a passion for your harvest. I also know what your word tells me that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And those two things, those two things can sometimes be hard to reconcile in one one person's soul. So maybe that's just my prayer. Maybe that's my prayer for these people and for me and, and for all who are part of this Mosaic community. It's that you would place our passion together with your harvest. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. If there's someone in this room who, who wonders, am I filled? Am I even filled? God, I'm praying that they would let this be their prayer. Fill me, Jesus. Fill me or fill me again with your Holy Spirit. Fill me, Jesus. Fill me, Jesus. Empower me. Enliven me. Strengthen me, God. Break my heart, Jesus. You're invited to come to the altar for prayer. I'll be right over here. I'd be so pleased to pray with you. I'm going to ask Mark if he would just come and stand over on this side 
If you like prayer for anything, healing, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've got a confession you need somebody to pray together with you over, you come and you get prayer. You're invited to come as we close in worship. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our message. If you live in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love to see you. Visit us or check out our website at mosaicchurchevans.org for more information. May God bless your day.